Yo, yo, good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And as you guys know, this weekend was absolutely over the top for me. <laughs> Yesterday was Judy and I's 35th wedding anniversary. And um, so in recognition of that, I did a little bit of a post yesterday with pictures of my beautiful wife and us over the years. It was fun to kind of go back and look at some of the photos <laughs> and realize how young we were and just, you know, the adventures that we've gone through raising kids, visiting different countries, going on diving trips and excursions and zip lining and playing together and going to the beach and working together and it's just been amazing and um you know i i was gonna go live yesterday but i was so caught up in cooking dinner for my wife and you know when she had a break because she had to work we would visit together and it was just a, a great day to connect to to remember to to think about all the things that we've done together and to to really um, just kind of bask in the last 35 years. You know, it's interesting because I was having a conversation with my my youngest brother, um, and I said, you know, it's interesting. You know, it's been 35 years, and even now when my wife walks into the room, my heart still skips a beat. <laughs> I mean, it just does. And um, it's because, you know, Judy and I have been very poignant, very purposeful, in maintaining and nurturing and developing our relationship over the years i mean we've had a lot of learning to go to go through especially this guy and um and i want to give a mad uh, shout out of appreciation to all of you who liked my post made comments wished us happy anniversary uh, we feel the love and i uh, just want to thank you um, but i got a private message um from somebody and it really got me thinking about what is the secret to making it 35 years. And in this message, this person sent me a very kind and thoughtful text message that said, Hey, Jody, man, I really, really appreciate what you and Judy have built over the years. You know, I watch from afar and I see how you guys interact with each other. And I just love the way that that I see you guys love and support and lean into each other. And he said, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when I was married, you know, I felt like I had more of a burden than having a friend. Like I see that you and Judy have in each other. It was like, we, we never really grew together. And it was like being married to a sea anchor. And, and I know that there are a lot of relationships that really struggle. They, are trying to figure out how they mesh. They're not sure if they even still love each other. They almost in some respects become strangers to each other. Yeah, they come come home, they say hi, they take care of the kids, they go through the emotions, but they're not going through the emotions of really being connected as a couple. And so it really got me thinking about what are the secrets or what are the things that I've learned along the way that might help you guys 
who are one, two, five, 10, even 20 years, because even, you know, I've seen people who have been married 20 years and all of a sudden, you know, their kids move out. They discover that they're really strangers to each other or they've known it all along, but they've been doing it for the good of the kids. And then as soon as the kids get out, they're separating. And, and honestly, it whenever I see this, it really, really breaks my heart because, you know, I see all of the, the culmination of years and years of, you know, trying to work through things or just tolerating things. And it, it just really made me go, all right, what are the things that Judy and I have, or what have I learned along the way that might be helpful to you? So number one, so I have 10 things. Um, and obviously there's more than this, but these are the 10 that I thought that I would share with you tonight. So number one, you have to be continually in hot pursuit of your wife. You guys have heard me talk about this in the past, but somewhere along the lines, we get married, we have kids, we get working, and somewhere along the lines, we kind of stop pursuing each other. We stop making each other feel like they are the center of our world. And you cannot lose perspective of that, right? When you were younger, you were trying to work, trying to go to school, you were trying to figure it all out, you were straining to, to make rent payments. None of that's really changed, except for maybe you've added kids to the mix. But back in those early days, you figured out a way to make her feel like she was the center of your world. Number two, little things matter. I mean, little things really compound. And I think a lot of times, you know, people wake up and they're facing divorce and they're like, man, I'm just not sure what happened. Well, if you really go back and you look at it, it was the thousands of little things that you did consistently over every single day that led you to this situation where all of a sudden you're strangers to each other. You've fallen out of love and you're trying to figure out, am I going to invest in this relationship? Or am I just going to walk away and start over? And the little things do matter. And sometimes you may be at the very edge of what you think is your relationship and you can make the decision to reinvest in the little things. In fact, I had a really good friend um, that I was talking to back at Mobile Tech Expo and uh, he's like, man, Jody, he goes, I really understand what you've been saying because me and my wife, we were struggling and you consistently told me, look, dude, it is the little things that make a difference. So I would start to come home and go, Hey, sweetheart, why don't we have ice cream and let's uh, watch Netflix or let's make some popcorn and grab our, our daughter and let her be part of our date night. And he goes, I can't believe how the little things have made such an impact on every aspect of our relationship. Number three, um, and we men and women can be, um, we can be verbal terrorists. Let's be honest. Um, when I was younger, I took great pride in being a verbal terrorist. I could cut you to the core with the things that I say. And I think a lot of times we say things in sarcasm and they are really hidden attacks on that person. 
So remember, number three, sarcasm can cut the heart and it can make someone feel small. It can make them feel unappreciated. It can make them feel less. It can make them feel diminished. It can make them feel like you don't really love them. So be careful in how you use sarcasm. And me and my family, we are very playful. So I have to be cognizant of how I say things because the tone and the way that we, and the timing of when and how we say things can really cut to the core. And over time, that continual sarcasm can really um, cut to the heart and cause somebody to fall out of love with you because they don't feel appreciated and seen um, and loved by you. Number four, you guys hear me about, hear me you know, talk about this all the time. You got to have a date night. I mean, you got to be religious about a date night. I can probably count on all 10 fingers how many times Judy and I have missed a date night in the last 35 years. I mean, we just have always been very purposeful. Now, because of some of the dynamics during our during our journey as a family, there was a period of time where we actually could not leave the house because our children needed so much emotional stability and support and strength from Judy and I that we could not leave the home. So we got creative and we started having date night in the, in the privacy and the safety and the lovingness of our master bedroom. And dude, we had some amazing date nights. Um, we'd make cookies and watch videos, and sometimes we would just visit. I mean, there were so many great things that came out of date nights, both in our home, but also outside. So make sure that you're having those date nights to reconnect and rejuvenate your relationship. Number five, let it go. It's not that important. I mean, how many times are you guys in the heat of an argument or even you're not even in an argument? Sometimes you step in and your wife says something that she doesn't mean to be snarky. Her mindset is over here and you came in and you interrupted her train of thought and what she was doing. And so she kind of snaps out in impatience towards you and... Vice versa, you do the same thing. You're over here, you have your attention on the game, and your wife comes in, asks for help, and you get really short with her. A lot of times, we let those kind of situations fester in our heart, and we allow them to build on each other, and we keep revisiting them over and over and over instead of just letting it go because it's really not that important. Maybe in the moment it felt like it was, but if you step back and go, all right, is this response really in relation to something else that is going on in our family? Or is it something that I've done, right? And being authentic with yourself and going, you know what? Yeah, I was not at my best. I need to apologize and I need to do better at controlling the way that I respond verbally and tonally to my wife in this situation. So remember, let it go. It's not that important. And uh, the relationship is far more important by how you nurture and care for it. Number six, um, you need to be the protector of her heart. Um, 
And that means in the way that you speak to her and also the way that you speak about her to your friends, to your family, to your siblings. I mean, would you allow your children to speak to your wife the way that you speak to her and in the tone that you speak to her? I imagine some of you would not allow that. You would view that as disrespectful. So why do you not see your same disrespect in the same light that your children give it to her? So be a protector of her, her, her heart and the way that you speak to her, the way that you speak about her, not only in with your family and friends, but also in your own head. How are you talking about your wife? in the privacy, in the walls of your own mind and in your own heart? Are your words about her in response to her, are they kind and gentle and loving? Or are they dark and cutting? Are they judgmental and unkind? Because sometimes the way that we're talking about, the way that we're talking about our spouse and our heart is a direct reflection of how we treat theirs. So, be the protector of our heart. Number seven, be present. <laughs> Look, guys, just because you're at home doesn't mean you're present. I mean, how many of you come home from a, a difficult day? You come in, you drop your, your stuff at the door, take your shoes off, barely hang up your jacket. Well, let's be honest, you drape it on the couch, and then you walk down, turn on the game, and you just plop in the chair and uh, ask when's dinner ready instead of coming home and going all right whoo today was a tough day going into the kitchen going hey babe it's so good to be home with you so good to see you and putting your arms around her how can i help you because a lot of times when we come home and we just plop on the couch we're going oh man i need the break our wife's going well what about the break for me i've been working all day it's just in a different environment. You've been out, I've been in the home. And so being mindful that when you're home, that you truly are present. Because a lot of you men, you come home, you go out in the garage, you start working on your own projects, you turn on the game. And yes, you're in the house, but you're not engaging with the kids. You're not engaging with your wife. And all of a sudden, your wife is feeling like a stranger in her own house. She's feeling all alone. So be present, both physically, but also intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Be engaged with your wife and be engaged with your kids. Number eight, dream, plan, and work together. I'm not sure what happens, but when we were younger and we were starting to date, we would go out on these long trips or we'd be on the phone till two or three or four in the morning. And we'd talk about all the things that we were going to go do together. And then we get married and somewhere all of the dreams in the building all of a sudden gets turned to you and you put it on your shoulder instead of including her and in how you build towards those dreams, how you tackle the problems, how you Go, all right, what are we going to do next? And continually dream and plan and build together. Don't feel like you have to take it all on your shoulders because then again, 
your wife is going to feel all alone once again. And you are going to feel all alone once again, too, if you're not doing it together. Number nine, if you are a family of faith, if you um, have a deep relationship with your Heavenly Father and your Savior, Jesus Christ, I strongly encourage you to pray together as a family and pray together as a couple. Judy and I, we pray together often. And there are, I'll be honest, there are some nights where I'm just done, I crawl into bed, and as soon as my pillow hits the floor, <laughs> I'm out, right? And my wife's still getting ready bed doing whatever she does and um she comes in and climbs into bed and reads and is by herself for a while but we try to be very diligent about praying together i try to make sure that i stay awake and we have those last moments together um, but what i found that in doing that it turns your couple into a threesome with power because you're allowing god to enter into your relationship and him be a part of how you grow together. What I found is that in prayer, oftentimes my wife can express things that are on her heart in a way that I can receive them when I'm in the attitude of prayer. So it creates a great environment where you can express the honest and true feelings of your heart so that each of you can hear where you're coming from, but also invites the spirit to be the ultimate teacher and guide um, and partner in your relationship. So number nine, if you're a couple of faith, take time to pray together. It will impact your relationship like no other thing really can. Um, it's just, it's so important. And finally, number 10, <laughs> dude, love your wife fiercely. I mean, dude, make her the center of your world. Like I said, my wife walks into the room and my heart still skips a beat. And that's because we've continually pursued each other and nurtured our relationship and kept it alive. I mean, just like anything, if you don't nurture it, it eventually starts to wilt and slowly dies from lack of attention. So make sure that you're giving your relationship with that beautiful lady that you love so intently when you were younger. Don't lose sight that you need to continually give your love to her. I mean, a lot of times we think, oh, I got a ring on my finger. It's all done. No, that's just the beginning, right? Saying yes or saying I do. That is just the beginning of becoming. And so... When we learn to truly love fiercely, dude, that helps us to get through the tough times because there are going to be tough times. And that is when you need to lean into your love, not lean away from your love. You need to lean on each other, not others. Yes, it's okay. As my dad said when I was younger, he goes, I will always be here to give counsel. But it's up to you and your, your future bride, Judy, to solve the problems together, to come up with the solutions together. I can be a guide, but it's up to you guys to work together. So love fiercely and come together and work fiercely together and be fiercely 
loyal to each other and fiercely dedicated to one one another. Because a lot of times, let's be honest, sometimes our love gets distracted by other things. And those other things can be work. They can be other people. They can be sports. They can be cars. They can be a myriad of things. So make sure that your wife is the center of your world. Um, I, I love, you know, Judy and I had a podcast uh, a couple months. Actually, it's probably been about five months ago on our podcast, uh, Into the Gray. We were talking about, you know, what was, she asked me the question, what is the most important thing in our family? And I immediately responded, you. And the reason why that is so critically important is if I am not being attentive to the emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, and physical needs of my wife and putting her as the preeminent person in my life, everything else is going to be affected. My children are going to be affected. Everything will be affected. And so I need to make sure that she is everything to me. And honestly, guys, um, I have been far more blessed than I deserve with the love of my life, Judy. I mean, dude, we've actually been together over, oh, it'll be 38 years, but we've been married 35 years this, just yesterday on the 18th. And it has been an amazing journey. I have learned more about myself <laughs> than I ever thought possible. I've had to let some things go. I've had to shed some bad characteristics. But I've also had to lean into good characteristics that, that make me a good man, that make me a good husband. And we have had to learn how to become one as a couple. Because really that's what it's all about is becoming one. As I shared my post yesterday, you know, for years I always told Judy, I love you. I love you, or Mahal Kita in, in, in Tagalog. But recently, in the past couple of years, I will often say, I love you, but I also love us. And I hope that you have the kind of relationship where you can say, I love you, and I love us. And if you don't have it today, I hope that you will be blessed with it, because it is an amazing thing when you truly have a partner, when you truly have someone that will walk with you, that will cry with you, that will laugh with you, that will play with you, that will travel and be adventurous with you, who will struggle with you. That is a huge blessing. Um, and it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost of being fiercely loyal and dedicated to each other of being forgiving when forgiveness is needed. And even when it's not needed, maybe not deserved, but dude, when you have a forgiving and loving heart, amazing things can happen. So I hope that if you're in a relationship, that these 10 things that you can look at them and go, all right, how can I do better? And if you're hoping for that relationship, that these 10 things will serve as kind of a blueprint that you can adapt into your future relationship. So anyway, guys, 
thank you so much for tapping in um, every week. Um, I am almost almost have my second book all wrapped up. I'm hoping to send it off to the printers this week, um, hopefully by the end of this week. And so then I will have a target date for release for you guys so that you can pre-order. Um, but it's, I'm, it's really, really exciting to me. It's been a journey of love, a journey of faith, um, because it is about how, about faith and how I think we oversimplify faith and really talk about some real world uh, examples of how faith can be challenging and how we need to become more than we are to really tap into faith. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tapping in. If there is something that you would like me to talk about, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I'd love to have you um, and talk about what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a husband, what it means to be growing. <laughs> because dude, I don't have all the answers. I'm just sharing with you what what I've experienced, what's worked for me, and hopefully you can use it as a quasi blueprint for you that you can adapt for your life. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tapping in and we will check you same time, same bad channel just next week right here on Father's Fire. See ya!